Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, personal trainer and nap connoisseur, William Mitchell. Hello, welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell, and today we're going to cover the most important thing that you can do to improve your overall fitness. Now, some of you are sitting there, you're thinking, oh no, he's going to tell me something absolutely horrible. You know, you're expecting never eat anything that tastes good again. Um, get up and run for 10 miles a day, etc. Some of that, it's really simple. Get up and move. Now, I say get up and move. I don't mean move to another state. I don't mean change houses. I mean get up and do human-powered movement. You can walk. You can skip. You can run. You can bike. You can dance. You can skate, uh, swim, canoe, wh- whatever. Just find some way to move your body from one spot to another. And you need to do it on a fairly regular basis because more than half of Americans spend 70% of their day sitting. Well, that's kind of a double statistic, but you know, more than 70% of our day sitting, this more than doubles your chance of dying. And when I say dying, I mean dying from any cause. We'll get to heart attacks in a minute. Um, it's estimated that 6% of heart disease is caused by sitting. Um, 10% of breast cancer is caused by sitting. Um, 10% of colon cancer is caused by sitting. That turns out to about 48,000 people that die just of those three things in the United States from sitting. Physical inactivity, it, it's absolutely one of the worst things you can possibly do. There's a big Australian study that found that if you watch TV more than four hours in a day, Compared to the people that watch TV less than two hours in a day, you are 45% more likely to die of just anything and 80% more likely to die of a cardiovascular disease. 80% more just for watching more TV. Some people say, well, I, I don't have to worry about that because I, I exercise. I run every day or I, I bike or whatever. I just, I just have to spend a lot of time sitting at work. If you have long periods of inactivity, you still are going to have an 80% greater chance of a heart attack than someone who exercises the same amount as you do with the same risk factors that does not have the extended amounts of inactivity. Exercise makes you healthier, but it does not mitigate the negative effects of sedentary lifestyle. So people who sit for less than 30 minutes at a time have a 55% lower death rate just if you sit for less than 30 minutes. People who sit for more than seven hours a day are 47% more likely to suffer from depression. And we know that just getting up and moving, that, and I, I'm, I'm going to be a little non-scientific here, when you get up and move and, and you exercise, your body produces more happy chemicals. So it's not... Um, not surprising to find out that you would have much greater chance of suffering from depression if you spend a lot of time sitting. Um, if you sit for less than 30 minutes at a time, you've got a 55% lower death rate. You say, I've got to work. I've got things to do. I don't have time to get up and do an exercise session every 30 minutes. Moving two minutes, just two minutes every hour cuts your premature death risk by 33%. So it's not like you have to get up and run a marathon. 
You just need to be active. So set a timer to remind you every 30 minutes to get up and move. Most of our uh, portable devices will tell you if you've been sitting for more than an hour, but that's not good enough, so you need to be told every 30 minutes. Uh, I do it kind of an old-fashioned way. In my office, I've got a cuckoo clock that cuckoos every 30 minutes. And so at the end of 30 minutes, I need to get up and do something. I'll leave my office, go down, get a big drink of water. Um, That's a great idea for keeping hydrated, which we'll discuss in a future episode. But anyway, you just need to get up and do something for, it takes two minutes, go back to your desk, you'll feel a lot better, Um, you'll be in a better mood, your blood will be pumping, and you'll be ready to get back to work. Almost every one of us has some kind of a device, either on your phone or on your wrist, um, Fitbit, your whatever, your Apple Watch, that tells you just how much you've moved that day. And we all want to get our 10,000 steps in. And that's part of being active. And 10,000 steps is a great goal if you're already pretty active. If you're not active and you decide, I'm going to get, I've got my watch, 10,000 steps, it's going to happen today. And you get up and you're just as active as you can be. You're walking and you're walking and walking it. And you look at your watch and you're up to a good solid 3,000 steps. And you're thinking, this is ridiculous. Well, where did the 10,000 steps come from? And is it a valid goal? From all I can find from study, in 1964, the Olympics were held in Tokyo, the Summer Olympics. And there was a huge fitness craze in Japan at the time. And so everybody wanted to get healthy. And of course, one of the absolute best exercises you can do is walking. So everybody put on their pedometers. And at that time, most of the pedometers only went up to four digits. So you get 9,999 steps before it recycled and started over. So there was a pedometer company, got the brilliant idea. They added another digit. They added a fifth digit. And they marketed under getting your 10,000 steps. And that became the gold standard. And it was just a marketing gimmick for you to get in 10,000 steps. Do you really need... 10,000 steps. There's a lot of different studies out here that examine how many steps you need, and I'd like to look at the data from some of them. Less than 4,000 is is considered sedentary. Anything that you do, uh, according to one study, every 1,000 steps you take above what you're doing now lowers your uh, chance of death eh, about 6%. Now, Obviously, there's a cutoff there. You can't get to where you walk enough to where you'll never die. But it it lowers your risk of death about 6%. There was another another study that was done, and you got to pay attention to the percentages here because there's a difference in lowering your chance 6% and 6% of the people dying. So they they did a a large group, and they measured how many steps they took over a 10-year period. And during that time, the people that took less than 4,000 steps a day 7.5% of them died. The ones that took 4,000 to 8,000 steps, only 2% of them died. The ones that took 8,000 to 12,000, 0.7% died. And the ones that were more than 12,000 a day, 0.4% died. So really, if you're looking to set a goal, about 8,000 is a fantastic goal to set. However, if you're completely sedentary and you start to walk, you think, I'm going to get 8,000 steps today. Yeah, pr- probably not. So what you need to do instead of aiming for the 8,000 steps is, you know, you've got some kind of device that can check and see how many steps you've taken. If you make sure you have that timer set to get up and move every 30 minutes and you move around for about two minutes, 
If you're doing that in addition to what you have, you should see an increase in your steps. And compare the number of steps you took yesterday to the number of steps you took today. Try to add three or 400. And then the next day, try to add three or 400. And when you get 1,000 steps added, even if you're only at 2,000 steps, you move up to 3,000 steps, you've cut your chance of dying. You'll start noticing, if you happen to be a diabetic, you'll start noticing that your uh, blood sugars are, are going down. You'll probably notice an improvement in mood. There's a tremendous number of things, and, and we will discuss uh, later episodes both of why those will happen. But there's a tremendous number of things that happen when you get up and move. And there's also a tremendous number of things that happen bad when you don't get up and move. One of the big reasons that sedentary behavior is bad is from an ancestral point of view back in the caveman days. If you weren't up moving around, then you were just a burden on this uh, group of people. So your body kind of made a way to take you out of the gene pool. So in order to keep from getting taken out of the gene pool... Let's get up. Let's move around. All you got to do is get up, walk down the hall, preferably not pick up a soda while you're down there or a snack, but um, walk around, walk, walk for a minute and a half, go use the bathroom, just move around, do some stretches and come back and sit down. It, it'll make a tremendous difference in your health. It'll make a tremendous difference in your attitude. It'll just make a tremendous difference. Well, that's all for today. Next week, we'll take a look at who am I to be offering you fitness advice? What, what are my credentials? How did I get here? What's my life story? As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.